0: and they will share with us their actionable insights and best practices that can help empower you to create an engaged elite workforce. Here's the show. Why should
1: self-compassion be at the foundation of an elite organization? Hey, I'm C.T. at Engaged Rocket. And to help us answer that question today, we have Stacy Baird. She's the Chief People Officer at Community Medical Services. She leads a team of 20 in an organization that's going to triple in size. She's a proud mother of five children and is passionate about treating burnout and compassion fatigue, as well as more broadly moving from human resources to crafting the human experience at work. Welcome to the show, Stacey.
2: Thank you so much, Stacey.
1: Would you be able to share a little bit more about your background? Emma? I've
2: been in this practice next year. It will be 25 years that I've been in seat full time and started doing the work really around self-compassion probably around three or so years ago. And then when I started at Community Medical Services, I really started to connect the dots for our employees because... One of the biggest elements of self-compassion that may resonates with the audience is that it is the best off-ramp for the things that we continue to hear so much about, burnout and compassion fatigue, which in a mental health services organization are some of the biggest challenges that we see. And then personally, January of this past year, in my personal life, my daughter was diagnosed with leukemia. And... Then it became very personal work for myself around how do I demonstrate self-compassion in my own life and really lead by example in that seat. So I started digging into this work because also my podcast, HR to HX, I wanted to share with my listeners because my listeners are typically people, again, in the seat of leading HR teams and the work is inside and out. And so... That's how I really really got into the space of being really interested in taking coursework and diving into the work with a lot of research and neuroscience work.
1: And when we had a chat earlier just talking about this, I was curious, I was really curious because we often think about self-compassion as something that's very innate to the individual. Was there a realization that you had that helped you to why this? And it is a core part of building a high performance team. The
2: journey here, when I started Community Medical Services, we have a town hall every Friday and it's an open forum. It's It can be pretty intense, it can be a bit emotional. And of course, as the chief people, sir, many times myself or my team end up fielding a lot of the employees' questions. So it's an open forum where employees can you know, ask anything and we answer all the questions. So what I'm started to do was, on Fridays, starting to practice my own flavor of self-compassion. I go on a hike or a walk out in, I'm in Arizona. So I'm in the desert and I take some space before I dial into this call out in nature, just moving at the pace that feels good for me. I work out a lot. And so I started to recognize that going to do really extensive workout versus doing what felt good that day wasn't really serving me. So I started to really focus on Freedom Friday, which is where Freedom Friday for me was born. And I started posting out Freedom Friday. And then to your question, in the moment that happened, and I was sitting in the hospital with my husband and my daughter and finding out about my daughter's leukemia, like all the things that I had talked about over those Freedom Fridays that were around this focus on self-compassion came right into focus for me on how do I navigate this new space as being a chief people officer, helping my daughter navigate cancer, still being the mom to five kids and doing all the things that are important to myself. What is the balance of that? And then the offer uh, for me was, this is a seat that I sit in every day in HR. We have to navigate an insurmountable amount of immersion and challenge and compassion for others. How do we internalize that? So I started looking into the science behind this and the research behind this and recognized that starting with my own team and we call it the employee experience team. How do I start to install this practice as we get together with meetings? How do we start to do self-work and motivate each other to do the work? Because everyone in the space of human resources has been in the seed of having a lot come at you of, other people's emotion, how do you help navigate your own? So that's where really this passion was born out of. And now many months into my daughter's diagnosis, her chemotherapy, and balancing all of those factors, it is this work that I feel has been the most critical for myself, that I feel like my team has conveyed many times that working in this space of mental health and substance use disorder, we have a thousand employees. Helping those employees navigate the challenge they face every day out in the front line of our opioid use crisis in this country has become more and more critical.
1: I can only imagine how tough it was for you at the point of, not just at the point of discovery, but even at the point of care for your daughter, while at the same time, having to step up every day to care for the, your team people that your team is caring for how did you don't mind me asking like how did you handle all of that it's so much to to bear at one point yeah
2: it it was a lot and i think prior to this work i probably would have just soldiered through the yeah. balance and when i started to recognize the work of self-compassion starts with asking yourself one question is what do i need right now? and so i started that work and doing Freedom Friday—that's the question I ask myself every Friday when I woke up. Do I want a hard workout? Is that going to feel great? Do I want to just take a meandering walk and take pictures on Friday? Do I want to hike the big mountain today or not? What do I feel like doing? What do I need today to be my best for a town hall? What's going to be the best solution? That's the foundational element of self-compassion. What do I need? And I think where and get confused is people think this is always doing self-care, what's easy. Sometimes what feels the best, for me at least, is to go really do a hard workout or get out that stress and aggression in a different way. And sometimes it feels better to do something else. So it starts with that foundation, but to your point and to your machine. What I found myself doing is, every day for 30 days, I had to drive to the hospital where my daughter was impatient. And I started to really recognize on that one-hour drive, it's an hour each direction to get to that children's hospital it gave me a lot of space to really consider that question. What do I need today on the way there? And what do I need before I get home? Is that a conversation? Is it to listen to music? It's a cliche to say it's 30 days to develop a habit, but it honestly gave me the space to really consider what I needed in that before and after. For example, in the microcosm of going to the children's hospital and the context there, this may go without saying, but no one is at that hospital because someone being born, these are all kiddos that and their parents that are dealing with acute or chronic disease states. And My daughter's on the blood disorder and cancer floor. So all those parents and all those kiddos are dealing with really hard things. It was a little bit of an incubator for me around a, a really extreme example of where self-compassion is so critical. Um, And what I saw were a lot of parents that were not really being compassionate with themselves. And so my work was to start to explore how to really install this habit in my own life so that I could come back to my team and start to work with my team to do this, that then we could start to work with the organization to do the same thing in our day-to-day work. It's just the way that it happened. And I always use CT this example of the parking garage of a children's hospital is the biggest petri dish of frustration and anxiety you can imagine. All these parents running late, kid sick, and everybody's probably tired. And and so I just found myself thinking, man, like this is just slow down, take a deep breath, go at your own pace. Sometimes I actually. What I needed mean that day is not to go to park parking garage and park at Starbucks. That day I couldn't navigate the speed of all of that stress and pressure, right? Of that one little microcosm of the day. So I was like, okay, I'm parking across the street. I'm going to walk into the hospital from across the street because that's going to feel better. So it seems so simple. But I think for most people, I always ask my teams that how many times in your career have you terminated an employee? And then... Five minutes later, you're supposed to go into another meeting and meaningfully contribute to whatever the conversation is. That's a little ridiculous when you really think about the, the challenge of that. And right after you sever an employee's employment relationship with the company, it's really challenging for the person in front of you. And let's just say it out loud. If you're a good human being, that was an easy conversation probably for you or the leader that you're working with. So you're navigating so much emotion in that triangle, and then you're expected to just turn that off and walk into the next meeting. So the work is, right, give yourself 30 minutes after that happens to give yourself some space to not just help the leader process it, because that, again, is the self, the compassion to allow that person some self-compassion, but to also give yourself space to say, huh, what do I need right now? shake that off and move forward with my day. But we are not taught that in this practice. We are not taught that we are allowed or we have permission to take that space. And so that's what I'm working with my team to give everybody permission.
1: Thank you for sharing. It's very personal. And I think it relates to anyone who's a parent and a leader and a jarist. I like the word, you, the phrase you use, compassion fatigue. It really can get to you. And... I, as you were talking, I was just reflecting how much self-awareness does an individual need to have to be able to embrace this approach because I can imagine when, when I was in my early 20s if you talk to me about self compassion like, what, what are you talking about I just want just want to get things done how, what is the best way you found to be able to communicate the need for something like this to your team to leaders in the organization and make it more of an organizational practice around Creating space and holding space for each other.
2: The beautiful thing is, there's a model, and the model is so simple, which is why I think I gravitated to this. I really like simple, easy models to teach my team and beyond that are science based, backed with study. If you go on selfcompassion.org, I don't know, the list is like a hundred white papers long of the research around this topic. And the model starts to your question. With the word mindfulness and people, that does not require you to meditate. It is taking just the first step of after you feel, if you are doing something challenging or face something that is, it creates anxiety, fear, or frustration in your body, in your mind, wherever you feel that, stopping and saying, take a deep breath and say, what what's going on for me right now. And to your question, I wish I knew this in my 20s. I 100% didn't know this in my 20s, except for, I will tell you, I worked in the emergency room when I was 18 years old at a hospital. And so I have been doing this my whole life, my whole career, because I remember there was a protocol after an emergent situation in the ER where The team was mandated to go and take a break. Now, I didn't know it at the time. I was 18 and very naive and didn't understand any of this. But in most of the time, team would, some people would go outside and take a walk. Some people would go to the break, room and get a snack, whatever happened. I try to give that example to my team that if we think about the human resources practice, many times we are firefighting, dealing with emergencies, emotional challenges and issues. So if you think about it from the context, if you were in an emergency room, just taking the moment after that and giving people that kind of contextual, because everybody can relate to that example, and just taking the first step of the three steps around self-compassion and thinking about, am I okay? And what do I need to be okay to move on to the next thing? And that may just be three deep breaths. You so may need to take a long you know, walk around the block if that's not what you need in that moment. But I think that's the muscle memory of starting with the first step is just awareness. So they call it mindfulness in the model. What I've been deeming it because I think mindfulness gets connected to mindfulness and meditation. And, And those things are all really incredibly powerful things as well. But to make this very approachable, it's really more bringing awareness after you're on a really challenging phone call with internal partners and there's conflict just taking the beat so that's where i tell people to start practice because of the three steps around self-compassion that tends to be the biggest shift for people is just taking the space taking just a moment
1: that makes a lot of sense and it's almost you have to bake it into your response to any traumatic event to just take that beat i I like that so what's step two
2: the step two is what they call the model, recognizing our common humanity, which I, again, like the language is their language, not my language. So what I really yeah. call this is normalizing. Let me use the example again, just got off of the challenging call with some internal partners and there was anxiety or conflict on the call. So the first step being, right, how am I talking about myself? Just awareness. That was challenging. challenging. The second step is in challenging situations like that, it is normal as a human being to get a little, to feel that anxiety. So it's really a step of normalizing that what you're feeling is normal. This is a totally normal response to a challenging situation on a call or terminating someone um, with a leader. It is, it is not meekness and not, you're not good at your job. This is about recognizing our common humanity. That we're share we share this experience. So for some people, what works in that second step is: let's say you had a colleague on that call, and it was a very challenging call, and you could see that person was also challenging the call. It might just be reaching out via an IM or something to that person and saying, "Hey, checking in with you. How are you doing? Let me know if you have, you want to debrief about it." It is sharing with each other that normalizing that we're not just robots walking through the universe in these experiences that this is a normal human response to that sort of situation
1: and i can imagine in a a team setting even just calling that out as a teammate really builds that empathy and that strength of that team relationship and i can imagine even if whether you're in person or remote i think that would still that would still apply so mindfulness To start off with and then recognizing our common humanity, what's the third step?
2: It's the hardest for people. And that is self-kindness, which is self-compassion is being as compassionate with yourself as you would be someone you love. And so for me, it's self-kindness. This last step is thinking about if someone you love was experiencing that same, those same feelings, what would you say to that person? And then saying that to yourself. And again, giving yourself the permission if what you need in that moment is to take the space and let's say you have another meeting back to that, what would you tell someone else? You might say, hey, it's okay if I am the leader of the next meeting, say, hey, come to me five minutes later, I need a moment. And you would probably tell anyone else that you loved or cared about to take that space if they needed it, but we don't give ourselves that same grace. So the third step is treating yourself as kindly as you treat probably everyone else in your life and giving yourself either some positive feedback, positive words, appreciation for what you did well on the call. That is really giving yourself the kindness that you would afford to others.
1: I, I feel like I should like a lot of this more in my own work. So imagine I am another chief people officer and you're, I, I, I love this framework. It sounds great to me. I, I know I'm going to take this away and apply it to myself. How would you recommend that I approach this within my team and my organization?
2: Yeah, so I'm going to give you a real life example from <laughs> this week. We had a situation where we had an employee pass away this week, and it happens with a thousand employees. And people have challenges and issues in their life. And so one of my leaders was the person that ultimately worked with the fire department and other people um, around that challenge. And I used it as an example in real time because this individual on my team is probably the one that will most likely soldier through that challenge and go right to the next thing and not really give him give himself the compassion and so on our leadership call I asked him to share with the team what occurred so that we could all have a knowingness around what happened and then we walked through the three steps together and I asked him in advance if it was okay if I asked him to share some of this information in an effort to share with the team on how we do this for ourselves. And he was the first to say it wasn't, it's not a muscle that he's really completely developed yet. And he recognizes that it's something he's working on. And so I think it's used those examples and opportunities on a team meeting or when a challenging situation happens. As an executive, as a chief, like I try to d- take this into our executive meetings. That when really hard stuff happens, demonstrating, again, using these examples in real time can demonstrate the need for us to lead by example as a team. And again, really emphasizing to, especially our executive leadership, to also give their teams the permission to do this. Most people don't feel, especially all, all generational, is this a little, especially in Gen X, I would say it's incredibly terrible at giving ourselves permission to take any space, even if it's space that we desperately need. So it's it starts from the top on demonstrating it. It's just like in No Rules, where Netflix book talks about taking epic vacations as a senior leader and talking about it. It's the same thing in sharing with your own team. Hey, this really challenging situation came up. Let me share with you how I walked through that and the steps that I took in embracing the work we're doing around self-compassionate. So I think it's using examples and allowing people to share that, but also sharing it for yourself, which is, again, what I've tried to do on my Freedom Friday LinkedIn posts is to say this journey with my daughter has been very challenging and in some ways such a gift. And it depends on the day and who asks me where I'm at in that continuum. And This work has saved me a hundred times or more since January 31st of this year in shifting my mindset immediately into this work. It's really leading by example that I would tell another chief people officer is where to start doing this. And what's so interesting to see is, as I mentioned, I have five kids and my husband. It's changing just every aspect of your life. Because everyone in this house is dealing with the fact that my daughter has cancer in their own way. And so everybody has their own lived experience, whether it's our 15-year-old, who's the youngest, all the way up to our oldest, that's 23. Everyone's having a different experience with this. Some of the are helping her drive to chemo. So the recognition that this work is just as powerful in the workplace as it is in your life. And I think that's the work of the human experience. That's why I started HR to HX. There is no line in the sand that says this is about the work stuff and not about the life stuff. This affects every aspect of our life yeah. in showing yeah. up better for ourselves, our families, and our organization.
1: That, that is so powerful, Stacey. And you've really inspired me in this conversation. And, and I hope uh, the listeners are equally inspired to take this upon ourselves. And, and I think you're absolutely right. Not, not only is it critical to lead by example. But by leading by example, we then build the muscles to have that compassion for ourselves and to recognize the need in others when they need compassion for themselves and to help them navigate that journey. And if we have a little bit more of this, I, it feels like there's no way that a team can perform worse. And in fact, I would almost say there's no way that a team cannot perform better by having more compassion for each other. And it, it's so powerful. I, I, I love that. I just want to wrap up very quickly by asking if, Stacey, if people want to find you, what's the best way for them to do? So
2: easiest way to find me is on LinkedIn. And then HR to HX is, is syndicated. So anywhere you find podcasts, you'll find HR to HX. I love doing this work across podcasts because I think everyone can learn and expand so much. I love the yeah. million podcasts out there. And I consume a lot of them myself, but like it's what's super magic I think about it is that you can do this work, consume some things, even while you're taking, demonstrating your own self-compassion, right? Taking a lot, listening, thinking through things, giving yourself space. And so that's the easiest way to find me and, and what I'm doing most recently.
1: That's perfect. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today, Stacey. For those of you who are listening, I hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to drop us a review and tune in the next time on the HR Impact Show, where we'll have another great leader sharing with us their best practices in building an elite team.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the HR Impact Show. We hope you liked the conversation. Don't forget to continue supporting us by joining the HR Impact community. You can find the community at wwwengagerocketco Impact.